Thank you for listening to the A Stomping Ground on 365 Sportscast. The A Stomping Ground is sponsored by Dent Solutions of Napa Valley, House Doctors Painting of San Jose, and American Asphalt of Hayward. Now, back with you for another hour of Ace Talk, your host, Brandon Greco. Hello and welcome back to the Ace Stomping Ground. I am Brandon Greco. And since the last time I talked to you, we saw the A's play the Mariners and the Angels and then come back to the Mariners again. And in that seven-game homestand, the A's finished at 3-4. and four. They lost game one Monday in Seattle 5-6, to six, so not off to a great start on the road trip. And the last time I talked to everyone, my message was consistency, and I was hoping to see the A's kind of start to get something going, get things rolling. They just had back-to-back series against the Angels, the Mariners, and then play the Angels again, and then the Mariners again right now. So you got to think that they might be familiar with these teams. They beat the Angels the first two games of each series. They weren't able to close it out and get the wins. And then, like in the other series against the Angels, they go to Seattle and instantly lose. So they're not really all clicking, which is pretty obvious in watching their games. And we're going to talk about what's next on the schedule. And we're going to also check in with how the Astros are doing. We're going to talk about how the A's are looking in terms of where they are in the division. A little bit lucky where they are right now. It's really no thanks to how they've played for them to be in first place. It's kind of just with the Astros not being what we know we can be right now. But before we get into all that, we're going to go into the series that's going on right now. We're going to talk about what we just saw in that last Angel series and out of the bullpen. And we're also going to be talking about the injuries and the players that have come back. So that leads us into Dings and Dents, which is sponsored by Dent Solution. How many of us have parked far away to try and avoid having someone or something dent our car? If you are like me and love your ride, I guarantee you hate dents. It can be a hassle dealing with insurance or simply finding that correct paint job for that fine finish. Well, it doesn't have to be a hassle. Dent Solution specializes in the art of paintless dent repair. Just like you need a specialist for neck and back pain, when you have a dent or a ding, you need the dentologist. With Dent Solution of the Napa Valley, San Rafael, Marin, Petaluma, Novato, Fairfield, and Vacaville. For over three decades, Ian Cordol has provided five-star service, specializing in world-class repairs. It's a true art, and if you're a victim of unsightly dents and dings, then the dentologist is your fast, affordable solution to those minor dents and dings. The dings and dents of this team, Trevor Rosenthal still going to be out for a while. Probably, hopefully, in July, mid-July, he should be back. Mike Fires, May 21st, went on a 60-day IL. May 28th, Raymond Guadine, 10-day injured list. He hasn't really been pitching well. He's been on and off a couple times. Not sure if maybe he's out of options or maybe they're putting him on because they're trying to get some other arms up here, take a look at them without having to use any of his options if he's out. And when Dulkin looks like he could be back soon, he's progressed in his throwing program. No timetable that I've heard or I'm seeing, but he, he should be back sooner rather than later. And Ramon Loriano, the big one, of the past couple hours, past couple days really, could be put on 
the 10 day injury list as of June 1st. So when you are listening to this, he could already be on it. But as of right now, he is not. So that's a big blow for the A's who are really desperately trying to find something to cling on to consistency wise and really look to someone to kind of lead them into taking that next step. This is around the time in the year where we've seen them kind of take off and not look back and it just something seems a little bit off maybe it's the fact that Matt Chapman is almost hitting under 200 maybe it's the fact that we lost our starting shortstop who over the past month with Toronto has nine home runs and over a thousand on base percentage on base plus slugging on base percentage that would be over all the time he gets on base but there's just there's options there for the A's to have looked at. Well, there's option the options that they could have done. Really, the option is Marcus Simeon. Out of everything that's going on right now, I think that all of this would be. I don't think any of this would be happening if Marcus Simeon was still on the team. Not so much Liam Hendricks. I think that as big of a blow as that is to not have him anymore. And as important it is to have a closer and how bad, how badly we need one right now. The bullpen has been doing pretty solid, but we're not really giving them much help being down in most of these games late in the game. They give up one run and then we're instantly out of it. So some of that seems like it's worse than it is. There's a lot of tight games that they're playing in all the time. So there's just not enough firepower on offense right now to kind of give the pitching staff that cushion it, it's just it's just it's just been very difficult over really since that 13 game winning streak ended it's hasn't been very pretty it's pretty much been with the A's the A's of the old where or I guess of two years ago three years ago the slow starts 35 35 start and then they pick it up they've kind of been playing that 500 ball kind of been struggling, not looking too great, and you've just seen them time and time again kind of pick it up, but without their, without the top of that order being there, without any consistency in that lineup from guys other than, than Matt Olson and Mark Canna, there's really, there's really just not much to kind of, for me to sit here while I'm looking at the standings and be like, okay, the A's are in first place right now. They are half a game ahead of the Astros, who are 4-6 and six in their last 10, as well as the A's. But the Astros have a fair amount more talent than the A's, which is very fair to say. And the A's, at some point, do are we going to start to think, okay, are they going to heat it up? Are they just playing this bad for right now? Or are they going to be playing this bad for the next four months and without everyone hitting it's like oh you just gotta wait for this person to hit you just gotta wait for this person to hit you just gotta wait for this person to hit well last year and this year the only thing that the A's have been doing are hitting home runs that's the only thing that the A's have been doing they are sixth in baseball in home runs but collectively I mean they struck out 13 guys 13 times against the Angels where the starter went three innings. Their offense is very underwhelming. It's not exciting. They don't 
there's not one guy in that lineup that goes up there really other than Matt Olson and Ramon Laureano that I'm excited to see hit. There's just too many inconsistencies with all of these guys. Too many times are they swinging through fastballs right down the middle of the plate. Too many times are they taking very hittable pitches. Too many times are they swinging at pitches in the dirt and two strike counts. It's all low. You have runner on second and third. See a fastball right down the middle. Yeah, go ahead. Take a big swing. You get one of those. But you got to be able to shorten up. You hear a lot of times the Ray Fossey, he say hitters only have one swing. And I think I've mentioned this before, but it's it's very true. And, you know, it's like pitchers have multiple different pitches to get you out. And if you're a hitter, you go up there with one swing to try to hit 98. You go up there with the same swing to try to hit a curveball or a changeup that's 20 miles per hour slower. And the next thing you know is that it's strike three and you're walking back to the bench. A lot of these guys that are kind of that coming into the league are home run, the launch angle, high exit velocity type swings. And the only other swing that you might see is them flailing at something but not really shortening up and it's really nice I saw Seth, Seth Brown was doing this a little bit when he first came up and he's gotten kind of pull happy like the rest of the team but just shoot the ball the other way take what the defense the only person that does that consistently is Elvis Andrews but he just can't really get anything to drop other than recently he's been playing a lot better which is good because they really, really need that, especially when Marcus Simeon is going on the tear that he is right now. So that's definitely a good thing to see in terms of Elvis Andrews starting to make improvements. So you'd think, so you'd like to think anyway. But it's just, it's very, it's very hard to watch this team. I mean, as a team, they have. The fourth, the fifth worst team batting average in baseball at 226. The Mariners are hitting 205, and the A's are one and three against the Mariners this year. That's really bad. 205 is horrendous. 225 is 226 is also not so good. And then you see the Astros. Where are the Astros at 267, leading the league, and they're half a game behind the A's but 40 points higher is their team batting average. The, but as I alluded to, the A's are sixth in home runs, so that's that's what we know that they can do, right? The Astros aren't in the top 10 in home runs, so that's the difference right there. The Astros actually are 17th in the league in home runs. So that's kind of the difference in how the A's are scoring their runs. And it, the A's really... The only thing that I can say is, as you hear me kind of get going and stop, is that I've been talking to people about what the ace issues are, and all of us can kind of come back to the general, the general grasp of Marcus Simeon being gone. And then people are like, well, Marcus Simeon. The only argument that people might say about Marcus Simeon and how important he was to the A's. I mean, other than his defense, which was improved from 37 errors in a season to 
gold glove finalist in multiple years. But he only had, I mean, if you look at the stats, he had one year where he hit 27 home runs with the A's, but he hit like 230, 240. So that's not bad. He was hitting at the bottom of the order. You don't hate, you don't love the average, but the 27 home runs is a plus. And then he figures it out hitting 285, 30 plus home runs, MVP finalist. And then he has the bad year last year. But recently, after a little bit of a slow start, but he was still hitting home runs in his last 33 games as of Sunday, 9 home runs, 24 RBIs, and a 405 on base percentage. I'm sure in the A's, I don't know if they have 26 runs scored over the last 33 games by themselves. They have not been playing very well. And it's really hard to see these guys that have been with the A's and are what seem to be the reason why or that piece that puts them over the top and then they leave and then the next year we're looking for that piece we're in panic mode like oh what do we need what do we need well you need what you just let go you wouldn't be in this situation if you would have just kept what was right in front of you the kid that grew up the Bay Area kid if you would have just given him what he wanted which was to be an A and to help this team make the playoffs, win the division, get to the World Series, we wouldn't be in this situation. We'd we might still be in this Matt Chapman situation, but we wouldn't have a shortstop hitting two. We wouldn't have the whole left the left side of our infield hitting a combined two ten. That's not going to win any games. The only thing that is, I guess, okay news about the situation is. As of right now, Matt Chapman's playing himself into Oakland. You know the power's there, can be there. He's not hit. It hasn't been there this year. It was last year before his hip injury, but it's not there this year. Seth Brown has more home runs and RBIs than Matt Chapman this year. Jed Lowry has more RBIs than Matt Chapman this year. Seth Brown started the year in the minor leagues. Jed Lowry didn't play for two years, also started to start, well, minor league contract. Matt Chapman's supposed to be the guy, but the Matt Olson has really shown this year that he's the guy for, that, this, for this team now. Now that Marcus Simeon isn't here, the team, maybe the first week or so, I think it was maybe safe to say that he was the captain of that team, maybe the leader of that team. You heard them talk about Chris Davis before, how he was the best offensive player on that team a couple years ago. But last year and two years ago, I think with how good Marcus Simeon's been, I think that he really took that step and was the leader of that team. And I'm not sure how Matt Olson is when it comes to taking charge in a locker room. Obviously, I've never, I've never met him. I've never seen what it's like. But I think at this point in the year... He's him and Ramon Laureano and Mark Canna have been the most consistent, I'd say. Even Ramon Laureano hasn't been that consistent, but he's just very exciting to watch. But I think Matt Olson really just needs to take charge of that team and kind of be the leader because he's has he has the highest batting average of the team, if that means anything. I don't know if he's hitting two sixty anymore. He might be hitting like two fifty seven right now. But he has the highest batting average on the team. He has the most home runs on the team, and he might even have the most RBIs on the team. And he plays a gold glove first base. 
someone needs to take charge of this group. I mean, there's no way that they enjoy... There's no way they enjoy playing like this. Striking out this many times a game. Giving them no chance other than to come back by three or four late in the game. I mean, they did it against the Mariners. They scored two in the bottom of the eighth. And then they scored one in the tenth with two outs. And then they... And then they go and give it up immediately in the bottom of the 10th. I mean, you can't win. It's hard to win, especially, you know, you come in, there's a guy standing on second base, and you didn't even do anything. It's just the rule and extra innings now. I'm sure that could be a little bit kind of hard to, could be kind of hard to pitch with, to deal with, but it's been two years now, and it, I just got, it has to be figured out. And the lack of no closer on this team, like I said, it would be nice to have Hendricks here, but they didn't give him money. They didn't give Simeon money. So where did that money go? This money that they that Marcus Simeon had, the the money that Marcus Simeon got from Toronto, that eighteen million or whatever, was used for Moreland, was used for Trevor Rosenthal, who hasn't played. It was used to bring in Elvis Andrews, which also was a Chris Davis contract dump in that trade. So you think, I think that Chris Davis might have been making a little bit less or right around the same as Elvis Andrews. So there was a lot of money given up, and it makes you think, what, like, what are we saving that for? What, what, are, we, what are we saving this money for? Is there just going to be someone that magically appears out of nowhere that they are just going to throw all their money at and say, come revive this team? Probably not. It's probably going to happen next year. Someone that's scheduled to make like five to seven million dollars will probably be traded, and then they'll probably use that to sign three or four guys that are either cut or DFA'd by the time spring training starts or ends. Hopefully, by the time it ends, there's really just no there's just no sense of urgency. It seems like with the A's right now to get really any. That doesn't seem like they want to stay in Oakland but at the same time they're saying they want to it's a very interesting situation as in if the A's don't want to stay in Oakland and they do choose to go to Vegas or Portland or where have you maybe you'd think that they want to give something back to the city that they've kind of just toyed with for the past 20 years or so in terms of getting a stadium and, and having all these great players come and then having all these great players leave. is Just as quickly as they got here, they're gone. Seems that's how it goes. They go through the minors. You go through this whole waiting process of like five years for them to get there. They're here. They're tearing it up. And then five years later, you're looking for a whole new group of guys. So the city that, like I've said, they've pretty much just toyed with for 20 years and with this owner not really caring, maybe they just maybe that's just what it is. Maybe they just don't care anymore. Because the last, as I said on the last show, the last time they made a serious move was 2014, and I put "serious" in my little air quotes because I think that move made them worse. Yeah, they got a great starting pitcher in Lester. 
but you lost your four hitter. The see this Cespedes always comes up because that's just like the move that sticks out to me the most. That Cespedes trade is maybe my least favorite trade that I could remember. That and the Donaldson trade are by far my two least favorite trades that I could remember. Um, those are those are just miserable trades. Both those guys were so great for your lineup. I mean, I guess after they traded Cespedes and after. They didn't win, and Lester was a free agent. They traded Samarja. They kind of started to tear it down. That was kind of their final push. But, man, this just it's just tough. We stuck with Donaldson. We signed Cespedes. He could have signed anywhere. He picked to come here. And then they leave. These guys like playing in Oakland, but it doesn't seem like the fans love these guys. But the team, the owner... You know it's not Bob Melvin. There's just something... F and it has to be the owner. It has to be the owner. It's just stinking up this organization. I don't think it's the stadium. Because I think, as I've said before... Yeah, you have a new stadium. Okay. But you still have the same guy in charge who doesn't want to give anyone any money. It's like, if he just spends all this money on a stadium... What makes you think that he's going to want to spend more money... On any of the players it's like well he just spent all his money on the stadium now I don't have a lot I just put a lot of money into this so maybe we'll uh, we'll try to do a couple more pay cuts you know so I think that really as long as Fisher's in charge that yeah they might have a new stadium but I don't think that there's really gonna be much else I think that it could just be more of the same as long as he's there I mean why would I think anything else that's what they've been saying is we just got to get a stadium. We just got to get a stadium. We just got to get a stadium. I remember hearing about the stadium when I was like 8 or 9 years old. That was like 13 years ago. There's no new stadium and now I'm seeing Dave Cavill post on Twitter. He's in he's in Vegas. He's at the Knights playoff game. He's checking it out. He's tweeting Howard Terminal or bus. So like he just put it out there officially. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone knew that, but if he's putting it out there, I think that it that just like it's chalk it up. It has to be at Howard Terminal, or this team will be in a different city. Which it seems like I'm I'm still kind of confused on this. I've been thinking about it a lot, and there's a lot of people saying a lot of things, and I'm trying to form an opinion on this that I make sense. I've kind of fluctuated between. Uh, what the heck are they doing? I don't like that. And then I understand it to kind of... I'm just very in between. So before I really give like an in-depth kind of opinion on that, I really kind of want to gather as much information because there's a lot of thoughts going through my mind as a fan of the A's, as a fan of baseball, as a sports fan who has grown up going to the Coliseum site, never for a Raiders game, but for... A's and Warriors games and going there for concerts and then to as quickly as all of that was unfolding in that little five six year run then in the following five to six years seeing the Raiders leave to go to Vegas the Warriors crossing the bay and now possibly seeing the A's leave it's just very weird and it seems like at this point I'm not sure how much of it is John Fisher not putting in enough effort, I'm not, or the A's party as themselves putting in enough effort, I'm not sure how much of this is maybe Oakland 
trying to be a little bit stingy because there's no way that a city like Oakland with as, as much like loyalty to the sports teams of theys as they have as much heartbreak of seeing sports leaves le- sports teams leave and come back if they've had you don't want to crush that city spirits even more by the loss of a team that's been there since ni- the late 1960s that can't happen you can't lose a third sports team I mean if that's the case I mean you have to think about it what what would people be going there for? That's a lot of the. That's a lot of how. The, I mean, all the places around the Bart. There's a. It, that would cost Oakland a lot of money, and I don't think that it would be in their best interest to let three sports teams leave, and then just have this giant parking lot where two stadiums used to be. in this great location where the BART train goes right there and all you do is cross a 200-300 foot bridge to get to the stadium. It's a great location. The area itself, not great. The location and how easy it is to get there is also kind of what I, something that I deal with is because I really appreciate how easy it is to get there and for me when I go to a baseball game I don't care as much about going to get the food before, going to get food after, like around the stadium. I like to get in, a tail, you know, and the parking lot is fine with me. That's kind of what I like, the tailgate in the parking lot, not the inner city bar hop before, like I, barbecue in the parking lot, go into the game, grab your stuff, get out, and then go in and out on the way home. That's just my personal preference. So for me, going to an A's game has always been that. You go in, you go in the parking lot. At Giants games, it's just right on the street. You bart in. There's a parking garage. It's not. It's just. It's just not the same. You. It, it is bart accessible. It's a 15 minute walk from Bart. A's stadium. You cross a bridge. What is it? Five ten minutes, and you're and you're next to A's fans. And hopefully, if they win, you're messing around with the fans of the opposing team. It's a fun little walk, especially when they have the hot dog people out there. The bacon-wrapped hot dogs, it's a good experience. So for me, seeing them leave, obviously, would be terrible. But at the end of the day, I just need a decision to be made. But I know I've been kind of putting off making a real opinion about this, but this is kind of where I'll leave it before I move on to the next subject. Is I just want an opinion. I just need something to be kind of put out there instead of both parties kind of kind of dodging the the main the main question of will there be a sports team here because it no one seems to know and the quicker that it gets found out if the A's are leaving or if the A's are go or if they're staying I'll be happy that that's what I mean that's what everyone wants to know what's the decision and I think once the decision is going to be made I am preparing myself I, I know how I'm going to act if they choose to stay. I'm going to be excited. But I, at the same time, am also trying to prepare myself for if they do leave. And I'm also trying to prepare myself to, to have some money to go out and see as many A's games as I can. Because I'm not going to not watch this team. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be hard, especially if something happens and they change their logo or something. That will be weird. But at the end of the day... That organization, that franchise, is who I will. That is who I will follow. Hopefully, in Oakland, 
I don't know. I mean, at the people leave the state all the time, and they still follow their sports teams. It happens. You go to a better stadium. It's weird that they leave the city, but it, at the end of the day, it would just be my, me not living in the same state as my favorite team anymore, which would suck. But that's what TV's for. That's what the internet's for. There's a bunch of different ways to be able to watch them, and also it gives you a good excuse to go on vacation a couple times a year to go see some baseball games. And I definitely would be doing that, so that I could look forward to. Especially if it's Vegas. That could be exciting. I also want to go check out the Raiders Stadium. I want to go check out a bunch of new stadiums. And that's also what it is. It's That's kind of where the direction is going. Like I said, I don't mind, I don't mind getting on BART. I don't mind crossing the bridge to go to the stadium. I don't mind the 30-minute drive to the stadium. It's super nice, fine by me. I don't need, I don't need all the, the, the. I don't need all that nightlife around the stadium. When I go to a baseball game, when I go to a sporting event, that is what I am doing that day. And on that day, I, I'm very basic in my. I like to tailgate at the stadium in the parking lot with my group of people, COVID-friendly group of people. And that, that's just what I like to do. I, I mean, I'm sure that I wouldn't mind going to get food right before a game, but I spend however much I'm spending on the tickets, and then I'm sure the restaurants by the stadiums aren't gonna, ain't going to be cheap either. So there you go. That's a lot more money. At that point, I'd rather just get something at the stadium. I also like stadium food. I love stadium food, might I add. The helmet nachos... The hot dogs, they're alright. Really, the nachos. The nachos and the chicken tenders. I, I wish I remembered the lady's name, but the last time I was there, I got the chicken tenders, and she gave me a little extra boom-boom sauce. It was kind of... It was pretty amazing. I would recommend, for any of you going to A's games, get the boom-boom sauce and the chicken tenders. You will not be disappointed. But that... I mean... Hey, I'm fine with that. I don't need to go get a fancy burger and get a $12 beer... At, an, at a restaurant, I could go get a baseball burger, baseball stadium burger, and an $8 beer at a baseball game. That's fine by me. That's fine by me. I don't need I don't need all the fancy stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm preparing for days to be in a different state. I think Dave Cavill says that he's waiting till like, I think it's the end of June or the end of July when there's supposed to be another decision made, but I keep hearing dates pushed back, and I keep hearing a decision's going to be made here, and then it seems to be a decision about when the next decision is going to be made. So it's kind of just all over the place. Nothing really seems to be being said, which is kind of discouraging, which maybe is just the A's not wanting to tip their hand. Maybe they have something in place already somewhere else. Maybe they don't. Maybe their plan is to stay here. Maybe they will just end up giving Oakland what they want, and this is, they're just playing super, super, super hard to get, 20 years hard to get. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, I'm gonna, it's a lot. And I'm going to be thinking about this. I'm going to gather some stuff and get some, get some of my friends on here, and we're going to be talking, and we're going to talk about this. Hopefully next week, if not the week after, we'll get a, I'll get a group on here, and we'll talk about what it kind of means to them to go out to the stadium and how they feel about them leaving and how they feel about how both sides of the party, both both groups have kind of acted, being the A's and the city of Oakland, and even the third party of Major League Baseball and kind of how they're trying to step in and trying to push for this to get done. So that's going to happen soon. 
But in the meantime, the A's are 5-8 and eight in their last 13 games against the Angels and the Mariners. Who they, pl they played the Angels seven times. They played the Mariners now this series. I think game two is today. They are one and three against the Mariners on this on the year now, and what three and four against the Angels. Both teams that are well in the bottom of the division. The Mariners actually have been playing a little bit better. They're back over 500, one game over 500. The Angels are six games under, but the A's just like the front office, the inconsistency to get something going to build off of and make good decisions. It seems like everyone's going up there trying to play hero ball as in, I'm going to hit a home run. Hey, we're down 8-1. Make it 8-2. That's what it seems like. That's what the decisions seem to be right now with this team. Not really anything. No really good approaches that I'm seeing from any of these hitters. Elvis Andrews, I got to give credit to. Someone that I've absolutely kind of just roasted all year on and off of here. Um, he's over his last four, but he got his average up to 207, and he was hitting 178 not that long ago. He's really been hitting, and he's been playing a lot better recently, and I think that he's more comfortable now. He's not really trying to do too much, and 202 right now makes him look like an all-star with how bad he looks. So for me, maybe it's just kind of like, whoa, look at Elvis Andrews. He's playing really well. But he had a, he had one he had five a five game stretch where he had eight hits so you know he's getting the job done he's had a little consistent stretch there he's over his last four Pinder's been playing a little bit of shortstop but with Andrews you know what you're gonna get defensively you know that he's a good base runner he's good on the bases you know that he's not gonna strike out a bunch which is something that the A's and especially Matt Chapman do a lot so it's nice to have his bat in there especially. Not even for the aspect of the production, but just someone that's going to make contact. It's kind of it's kind of like, oh, I forgot that you could do that sometimes. You know, I forgot that there's outs to be made that aren't pop-ups when you drop the back shoulder or strikeouts when you're, when you're striking out. It's just, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Matt Chapman... May 31st, I mean, three, 0 for 4, 3 strikeouts. Game of 4, 0 for 3, 1 strikeout. 0 for 3, 1 strikeout. 0 for 4, 2 strikeouts. It's just, it's really bad. He's striking out almost every single game. Over the past 10 games I'm looking at, there's 3 games where he didn't strike out and 3 multi-strikeout games. His average is 203. It was at 217, which I was looking at and I was like, man, it can't get much worse than this, can it? Well... I was mistaken. It's dropped 14 points in the past week and a half. And he has shown no power, no extra base hits, a couple singles, a couple walks. Ugh, yikes, man. You're playing. He's slugging 341. His average is 486, especially after this year. The year before it was 535. Matt Chapman really has been, I don't know, you can't put all the blame on Matt Chapman, but you like to think if his batting average was 50 points higher, he had five more home runs added to to what he has right now, which going into the season at this point, you might think 250, about 10 home runs, that's probably about right, two, almost two months in. Maybe they'd be 
maybe probably ten games over five hundred. You know, I mean, that would it's not great, but that would be definitely an improvement. Something that we've seen you do. So if he's just playing to what we've seen that he was capable of, which is pretty average batting average, not anything too crazy, but the doubles, the power, the home runs, those were there. That's probably another four or five games that the A's would win. You're at 10, 11 games over 500. Maybe you win a couple more of those Astros games. Maybe you're two or three up. That's all, all just hypothetical, just what if, what if, what if. But you have to look at that because the last, or two years ago, if Matt, if we're, if Matt Chapman is playing now like he is then, they, it's a completely different team. You don't have Marcus Simeon who was hitting 285 with the 30-plus home runs, but you still have two of a pretty good, like, core three there. Matt Olson's pretty much back to where he was. He's hitting the long ball. He's hitting pretty much around his career average of, like, 255. You know what you're going to get from him at this point, which I think is maybe why he claimed he might be the best player on this team right now because Matt Olson is consistently 255 in home runs and really good defense. And he's done that for multiple years now. Last year, which I mentioned, the 170 batting average, but he's very he's very consistent. And that's why I think that Matt Olson is maybe now starting to be kind of like a fan favorite more so than the rest of the bunch. I think that Loriano at the end of the day is going to be, if Loriano needs to be kept, because I think that he's just going to keep getting better each year. I think that that could be the guy. I think that Loriano in the near future is going to be a 325 to 30 home run guy and could still get 20 stolen bases a year. He won't. He hasn't run and he has a groin injury now. I don't know if that was something that was kind of bugging him, maybe why he stopped running, but they just went 21 days without a stolen base. Ronald Loriano hasn't had a stolen base in over a month after he was leading the league in stolen bases through the first couple weeks. So, not totally sure really kind of what's going on. They're getting few guys on base, and when they do get on base, they seem to be eliminated via the double play or not advanced because of the strikeout. That series against the Angels, I, can't, I don't know what the total number was, but I think in about the fourth inning of that game, I saw a stat that they is grounded into eight double plays in that series. That's brutal. Eight outs with one swing of the bat. Or two outs with one swing of the bat. Eight outs with one swing. That would be pretty bad. But that's just inning killer. You saw, when was it? I'm trying to think. Thursday? Maybe Saturday. They just had first and second. Nobody out. The next pitch, double play. Three pitches later, strike three, inning over. Just like that. Four pitches later. The two most ace outcomes to happen, happen. That's just how it's gone. They're getting guys on, and when they do get on, they're not moving them over or getting them in. In that game, what I mentioned earlier in the show, 13 strikeouts, the starter, Jose Quintana, who got placed on the injured list at following the game. They struck out 13 times. He didn't even, he barely made it three innings. 13 strikeouts. The thing with this team is they're trying to get to the bullpen. That's kind of what they do. Get the starter of the game early. Get to the bullpen. They got to the bullpen and did nothing. They've done that multiple times now against the Angels, and they've done that multiple times now against multiple teams. 
the Angels have the highest ERA in baseball. And they couldn't get to their bullpen at all. They scored three runs off Otani, which was surprising, but none off the bullpen. They scored four off Bundy in that first loss to the Angels that a couple weeks ago, none against the bullpen. They scored one against the bullpen after Quintana left, but that inning where they scored two started with an air. Mark Hanna reached three straight walks, so there's a run. There was a sacrifice fly. That's how the A's scored their two runs. Three walks, an air, and a sack fly. Two balls put in play, 34 pitches thrown, about a 20-minute inning. No hits, three walks, an air, and a sacrifice fly, and the A's scored two runs. Man, that pains me to say. That was the worst inning of baseball I have watched in a long time. I almost turned it off. I didn't, though, because the bases were loaded, and there was one out. I was so confused as to what I was watching, and I'm kind of really sick of this notion that they you know, they foul pitches off. They make the pitchers work. They I think they just can't hit. I think that's what it is. They just can't hit these very hittable pitches. I'm watching Dallas Braden say or Mark Cannon's at bat, and there's a fastball at 92 miles an hour right over the middle of the plate. He takes a huge swing, fouls it back. And maybe it was a joke. Dallas Braden does joke around. He goes, Mark Cannon, good job staying alive, uh, fighting off a tough pitch. I'm like, fighting off a tough pitch? That was 93 right down the middle of the plate. What are you? How do you fight that off? You should be hitting that ball. You shouldn't be looking. You shouldn't be swinging through fastballs right down the middle every at-bat. And that is what they do consistently. So I guess give them credit. They figured out a way to be consistent in one of the worst ways possible. They're six games over 500. They're in first place. And they have a nice little road trip right now where the schedule in terms of strength of schedule, I guess you could say, kind of lightens up. But with how the A's are playing, not really sure how that's going to look. So what's coming up next? We're going to talk we're going to talk about the upcoming schedule. We're going to check in on the Astros and how what they've been up to against the Dodgers, the Padres, and that Padres, that Padres series especially to close it out. And also, just, I do it every week, so I'm going to try to change it up a little bit. But, you know, who's who, who needs to step up? It's pretty much more of the same. And who's been pitching good? Who's been hitting good? Who I've liked so far? Who, maybe maybe some sleepers to look at. So we'll get into all that coming up next. The next segment is sponsored by American Asphalt. Customers, tenants, and visitors get their first impression of your business right in the parking lot. Pave the way for a beautiful experience, attracting and retaining tenants, residents, and protecting your business against liability with asphalt paving and concrete services from American Asphalt. Show us your ugliest asphalt, your worst sidewalks, your faded parking lot striping. We'll restore it to its former glory. Our award-winning team has the experience and equipment to tackle your toughest paving challenges. We've been serving the San Francisco Bay Area since 1983. American Asphalt is your one-stop source for paving services in the Bay Area. We specialize in all aspects of concrete and asphalt, serving a range of industries, including residential communities, commercial and industrial complexes, 
schools, restaurants, wineries, special event centers, and more. We are committed to serving the communities we work for. The road to success is always under construction. Ensure your business is at its best with industry-leading asphalt paving and concrete services from American Asphalt. Contact us today by going to www.americanasphalt.com. So what's next on the schedule? We got game two and three against the Mariners. <sighs> you got to be able to start winning those games. The schedule kind of lightens up. You have to be able to start right here. You have to be able to win these games against the Mariners. I mean, there's really there's really no other way of putting it. You've already lost to them three times. They're hitting 205. They've been no hit twice. And you're struggling against these guys, which is very concerning. So Chris Bassett coming off of complete game shutout, two-hitter. Is gonna get the get the start on Tuesday. Game three is gonna be Sean Mania. So you'd like to think with those two, those have kind of been the two consistent pitchers for the A's this year, who have kind of when when they win games, I kind of expect that those two are the ones that have been pitching. Game and then you got an off day on Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're gonna see the Rockies, Frankie Montas, Cole Irvin, James Caprillion for that series, and then. I think there might be another day off on Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, two-game series against the Diamondbacks, which should be Bassett and Manaya to close out that series before I talk to you again. I will be at that game on the 9th, which I'm very excited about. I'm going to see Sean Manaya pitch against the Diamondbacks. Hopefully, they could, hopefully, last time they played the Diamondbacks was right after they, was the first series after they won the two in Houston, so... Maybe kind of figure some things out. Maybe start another hot stretch against the Diamondbacks. That would be nice to see. You got to be able to jump on the teams that you shouldn't. That aren't even They shouldn't even be competition to the A's. They are. They're professional hitters, but they're professional players. But where the A's are at and where they're trying to be, those teams. Then O West is good. Other than those two teams, those are two of the worst teams in the National League. The Arizona Diamondbacks, I think, lost like 12 in a row at one point. They're 17 games over five, under 500. The Rockies are 14 games under 500. Two very bad teams. Two series the A's need to win. Diamondbacks, just a quick two games. You get an off day. There's going to be two off days this next week. So you've got to be able to rest up that bullpen. Hope that Lazardo can kind of get figured out. Maybe work that arm up again. A.J. Puck is on a rehab. He's still down in AAA. He's still on rehab starts, rehab appearances. So get some more time for them to heal up. When Delkin should be back at some point, hopefully next week. Hopefully next week. You can never be too sure when there's no timetable. But when you hear that he's starting to amp up the throwing program again, he's out to about 120 feet. So you'd like to think that, that that's, a, that's a pretty good sign. You would, you would hope anyway. So that's what the A's have coming up on the schedule, who's going to be starting those games. and Other than, as I've said, Sean Manaya and Chris Bassett, who's going to be the starter to kind of, who's going to be the third starter on this team to carry out that stretch? Because we're seeing two really good starts, followed by shaky Frankie Montas, James Caprellian, who's made three starts in his career, and Cole Irvin who has been maybe Mr. Inconsistent. Two really bad starts against the Astros. 
five really good starts, a really bad start against the Astros, and now followed by a couple really bad starts again. You keep hearing, I'm really disappointed, I just wasn't doing this, I just wasn't doing that. It's like, well, you haven't been doing that for a while now. So I don't know what it is that you need to get figured out, but we're trying to make the playoffs here. And I can't, and we can't keep seeing you come in and pitch four innings. You give up five runs, giving up all these hits, just all this traffic against a team like the A's that gets one guy on base and prays that they hit a home run. That is just begging for a home run so they could get two. And then there's other teams that come in single here, double here, single here, beat the shift, sacrifice fly. They're not striking out. It's just, it has to be deflating if you're the A's to see. All these guys just getting on base, it seems like, all the time against you. And for you to not get, like, any hits, there's too many times where I'm seeing... It seems like the, I look and the A's have, like, one or two hits in, like, the fifth inning. And it's like, yeah, one hit is going to be one guy. But the games where they have... I think it was... When was it? Friday against Otani. Elvis Andrews was two for two going into the inning that the A's had scored, I think, their first run or their second run. And th that was the only two hits that they had. Elvis Andrews had the only two hits against Otani through the first six innings. That kind of seems how it's been going for the A's, where one guy's doing pretty good, but the rest of the team's not along for the ride that day. They just all haven't been going at the same time, really. Even when they were winning games, there were still a lot of things that... They kind of got lucky in a lot of senses with that game against... The Twins, that the two straight errors to end the game for them to win. The Twins kind of got one back on us the last time we were there. But it's just been a lot of weird, a lot of weird things have happened this year that just haven't really made me feel super confident. I've kind of been going back and forth, but the A's also have been going back and forth. And it's like, okay, you start as bad as you did, and then you go and win 13 games to come back and play very mediocre baseball. They were 0-6, 1-7. You're at 1-7, and, and then you win 13 games in a row. So right there, you're 14-7, and 7, 7 games over 500. Right now, they're 6 games over 500. So in that stretch, they've played their one game under 500, and I'm not sure how many games that is, but they just haven't been playing well. They haven't really been, they haven't been playing well for over a month now. And it's tough to see. I go through, look at their schedule. I miss a lot of games. I'm not able to watch live as I'm working. I try to check after, but when I go through and look at the box score and I see three or four hits, one or two home runs, it's like, what am I... I could just go on Twitter and watch for 20 seconds. I just saw all the A's offense. I mean, that's kind of how baseball goes. There's not a lot, but it just seems like more and more and more with the A's is... Just one swing is that's all they get, and hopefully it's not a solo home run. You gotta uh, hope guys are on base for that. You know, Mark Canna hit a couple home runs to lead off a couple home games. First batter of the game, it's like quick one nothing, but they just didn't really do much after that. So yeah, it's nice you hit a home run, but there's no one on base. You let off the game with it, and then your next at bat. I'm looking in the A's. The only thing that has changed is maybe someone walked, but probably not another hit. And it's just, it's frustrating because I don't like ripping on them. I don't like saying that they're not that good, but they just need to give, they gave us a little something. They gave us a little bit of hope in the beginning of the year after starting so terrible. They kind of 
they gave us some hope in a sense of like, all right, see, so this is what we're capable of even when we're not playing at our best. They're not. They're still playing. I think how they played in pretty much all year. Um, and you you have to think that is going to get turned around. Really, with Matt Chapman, that's kind of where this has been the past couple weeks where I'm just so focused on Matt Chapman. You know, pretty much what you're going to get out of Loriano. But the other guys, not so much. It's just uh, Matt Chapman especially is just a little bit inconsistent. He hasn't always been, even when he first came up, he hit 270, then 250, then the hip injury, and now this year it's been kind of a steady decline. So what's up with Matt Chapman is really kind of what my question is again. So let's go look at his stats, and then that's really who I, my pick is to... That's my. He has to turn around if this team has a chance. So let's look at his stats before we end the show, and then we'll talk about another couple guys in the bullpen. And so Matt Chapman recently. So at 55 games into the season, Matt Chapman is hitting 203 with an on-base percentage of 315, slugging 341, and 182 at-bats. He's struck out 70 times. That's what 40% striking out. 40% of the time he's striking out. He has five home runs, so he's really done the least this year. This is by far the worst year he's had, especially, I mean, even after last year. 37 games, 232, 10 home runs. So last year, in 20 less games, he had three more doubles and five more home runs. But he was also striking out a lot last year, too. So that's the one thing that's carried over for Matt Chapman in the past two years is the strikeouts, but... Each year, other since his first full year, we've seen his average go from 278 to 249 to 232. Now this year, 203. You'd like to think that maybe he's just trying to recover from the hip injury, but it's been two months, almost 60 games. When is he going to get it figured out? It doesn't seem like he is going to at this point, and it's kind of tough to kind of swallow that considering that's a guy who I thought, and I'm sure most A's fans thought, was going to be in the middle of that order all year, kind of kind of banging and bumping with the rest of the guys, but now he's hitting the bottom of the order, hitting 7th, 6th, really no production out of him other than he has good defense. He's he's playing gold glove defense. That's about it. I mean, that's about it, but it's hard to say that's about it when I say gold glove defense because he's probably the best defensive third baseman in baseball, so it's like you got to give him that, but at the end of the day with how this team's playing, is you got to have someone at least try to hit 250. I mean at least keep it at that. You can't have this guy hitting 203. That's just terrible. You're not going to get anything done with your third baseman hitting 203. And that's they're, they're just not in a good spot with how Matt Chapman's been playing. And I mean, they're in a good spot with how Matt Chapman's been playing, but if he doesn't pick it up, you have to think that the Astros are going to figure it out eventually. Like the A's, you think that they might, but the Astros especially are probably going to figure it out sooner than the A's will just because of how much more talented they are and how, mon how many more pieces they have and how they've shown in the past that they're not afraid to go out at the deadline and make a move. So with that being said, I think that looking at this team, they, pr they probably need to add one player at each spot, meaning I think they need another bat. I think they need a starter, and I think they need someone else in that bullpen because right now the bullpen is 
getting kind of taxed with no one Delkin. You're seeing Petit in the eighth inning. We're seeing a lot of Deakman and Trevino, and that's pretty much it who Melvin trusts to close out games. And we need one Delkin to come back, and we need Rosenthal to come back and lengthen out that bullpen so the A's are seeing less of Sergio Romo in tight situations. Give one Garrett comes in. Hopefully he won't have to be pitching three innings coming back from being down after the starter goes like three innings. You could throw one of those guys in and also just gives everyone, it just lengthens out the bullpen, allows everyone to slot in an inning earlier. Burt Smith has some help around him. I really like Burt Smith, and I feel like every time he come in, it seems like he's quick innings, he's striking people out, he's hitting his, hitting his spot. So I think Burt Smith, when other people come back and, Take the take the load off of a bullpen that's been very injured. Get some guys back that hopefully can stay healthy. Hopefully everyone healthy at the same time. Take the stress off of one guy's arm for that day. Who knows? Who who knows what I could do for a team? So that's where I'm at with the A's. Matt Chapman's been really terrible, and it seems like they're pretty much a piece away at each of the three spots, whether it be the lineup, the rotation, and the bullpen. So that's kind of what I think that the A's need to work on kind of addressing before the deadline and what they should do at the deadline. But Matt Olson, Ramon Laureano hitting 258, 257. You know it's not good when Tony Kemp's hitting has a third best average on the team. So stat of the day, the A's are have the fourth worst batting average in baseball at 226, but they're still in first place. And the team behind them has a batting average 40 points higher and is half a game behind. So count yourself lucky. It's going to be an interesting week. Hopefully the consistency starts getting built now. And uh, in the meantime, I'll talk to you next week. House Doctor Painting, located out of San Jose, has provided quality painting in the Bay Area for over 30 years. A proven 21-step preparation process will ensure your paint job looks spectacular for years to come. Owner of five consecutive years on Angie's List Superior Service Award, House Doctor Painting is a fully licensed and insured painting contractor, able to take on any painting challenges. We specialize in exterior and interior painting of homes, duplexes, condos, townhomes, apartments, rental properties, and restoration of Victorian homes. If you're in the Bay Area or around San Jose, give House Doctor Painting a call at 408-979-0555 or go to housedoctorpainting.com. Bay Area Painting since 1989 for the health of your home.